If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free and everyone loves free. Second, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which makes it very convenient. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Finally, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So take a moment to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today, I'm back with a brand new episode of Beyond the Bookshelf. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Sharon Elise, and she is amazing. I have been reading her book, All That Glitters, and I am so excited about it. This episode is very special to me because I've actually met Sharon at a couple of events here in Houston, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, it's Tanisha Nicole, and I am back with a brand new episode of Beyond the Bookshelf. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Sharon Elise with me, and she is the author of many books. So we're going to jump right in with her, and I'm going to officially welcome Sharon to the show. Sharon, am I saying your name correctly? If so, please, if not, please correct me. Yes, that's correct. It's Sharon Elise. Thank you for having me on. You're more than welcome. So, hey guys. Um... I actually met Sharon in May. I had a books and brunch event in May, last May, and I met her there. And I also saw her at another event. I don't remember what the name of that event was called, but when I, somebody had given me a free ticket because they couldn't attend that event. And then I saw Sharon there as well. And I think we actually sat right next to each other. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. So when I decided to bring the show back after writing my book for Imprint, I was thinking about the people that I wanted to have on the show, and Sharon was one of my top picks because I wanted to have her on when I originally uh, had the show going on a pretty regular basis, and I took a break to write the book, and then when I started back, I knew that I wanted to have her here, so I'm very excited. Like, I'm going to be honest and tell you that when I woke up this morning, I was excited that I was going to be able to talk to you because I have been reading your book, All That Glitters, and I am completely obsessed with it. And I, I figured that I would be, but when I started reading, I didn't expect it to be as much of a page turner as it was. So I woke up this morning at about four o'clock and I started reading the book. And I've been reading the book and then watching new episodes or actually the, the last season of Greenleaf is on Netflix now. So I've mm-hmm. been reading your book and then watching Greenleaf, reading your book and then watching Greenleaf. So after I finish interviewing you and after we finish with this episode, I am going to go back and continue reading until I finish the book. So I wanted to <laughs> ask you, how did you come up with all that glitters? Um, I started writing it um, about a few months after I graduated college. So a lot of um, the scenes and the storylines within the book pulls from different experiences that I may have encountered or that I witnessed as a college student. Okay. You know, I just went from there. (laughs) So when when did you write that book? What year? (laughs) I graduated college in 2004. I started the book in 2005. I didn't finish it until 2015, 2016. Really? 
published in 2017. So yeah, I would write, I would write it off and on. And that's why the book is so long. Okay. Usually I don't write lengthy books like that, but yeah, that's exactly why it's so um, long because I've worked on it, you know, off and on for over 10 years. That's okay. procrastination basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Procrastination, yeah. doubt, wondering if it'll be good enough, you know, with the masses like it, you know, that yeah. kind of, but I'm glad I just finally stepped out on faith and finally just published it. Yeah. So how did, when you published it, how did the masses receive it? Because I want to get into you being a Christian fiction author, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about that. And I wanted to have you explain what Christian fiction is for those that may not know. <clears throat> but when you first published All That Glitters, how was it received? Did it, you know, were you, I, I know that you were a little bit, I wouldn't say nervous because I don't want to speak for you, but I know that you were probably wondering, okay, are they going to think it's too churchy? Or are they going to think it's, you know, what are they going to think? Because there is a lot of, um, I don't know the right word to call it. There is a lot of Christianity in the book, but it's not mm -hmm. overpower, overpowering. So how, how was it received when it first debuted? Yes, people really enjoyed it. And when people see Christian fiction, they just think, oh, page after page is going to have scripture. But no, because I want it to be relatable to people, right. you know. Even church folks go through problems, you know, I wanted to, to be um, relatable, but I don't use a lot of graphic sex scenes or you know, foul language. So I do have my boundaries, but yes, it was very well received. I've had people like you say that it was a page turner and they, you know, enjoyed it. So I, I'm very happy about that. Okay. And how did you develop these characters? Because one thing that I do when reading uh, novels, I try to figure out, I try to keep the character in mind and I try to keep whatever relationships the characters have in my mind as I'm reading. So this book contains a series of characters that are all, I'm still reading, but it seems like these series of char characters are all involved or intertwined or could be involved or intertwined in a particular way. And mm -hmm. I haven't finished reading the book yet, but um, how did you develop these characters? Like, were they taken from people or situations that you were familiar with, or did you really just make them up? I made them up. It came from my thought process at the time as a college student. I can't speak for all college students, but at the time I was obsessed with like money and fame and running and mixing with celebrities. Oh, I want to go to this hottest party. So-and-so is going to be there. I got to make sure, you know, my A game is on when I go to this party you know, a bunch of superficial things. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, all the girls, all four of the girls, they grew up in the church, but once they went off to college, they deviated off that because they were ch chasing after the wrong thing. But God made circumstances within their life shift so that he can get their attention and say, hey, your mind needs to be focused back on me. Right. Okay. So, so what are some of the other books that you've written? How many titles do you have? Um, currently, I have 11. You have 11. That's a lot of books. <laughs> so do you write a book a year or does it just, or do you write like several books within one time and then you kind of publish them separately or how, how does that work for you? See, that's the thing. I started on books throughout the years and I just never published them. So okay. that's how I was able to get a head start. Gotcha. And yeah, again, that's that procrastination. So yeah, but I try now to at least do one book a year. That's my goal. Uh, to have at least one book published a year. Okay. And what is your latest title? 
My latest is my preteen series. It's titled The Slumber Sisters. It's about um, four girls. They're all friends. They go to the same church and uh, they have slumber parties on Saturday nights and then they get up and go to church the next morning. And, you know, they're in middle school, but they have to pull on the lessons that they learn about at church to help them, you know, navigate through life, even at that young age. So, so far it's four books that has been released. That has been my focus of 2020. Okay. And what caused you to go to the, what caused you to go to that, to that age, age demographic? Was there a oh, Because I've been working in, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I've been working in um, education for years. I am an elementary school librarian. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I have experience with that age group. Okay. I just thought okay. it would be interesting for um, kids at a young age to have like a nice, clean Christian fiction reading. Gotcha. So ha are you still in education or are you a full-time author? Oh, I wish. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> no, but yes, I still work <laughs> <laughs> elementary um, school librarian, but I want to be a full-time author. I really do. Yeah, me too. Same. Um, <laughs> and the reason that I asked that is because I wanted to see, I wanted to see if you're, if the, if some of your students actually read your books or people or students that you used to teach actually read your, read the, read the series that you, that read the series that you have right now. No, because at the school that I'm in, being that I write Christian fiction, uh -huh. there is the religious barrier uh, that's separating us because I'm at a school that has a lot of like a Middle Eastern demographic. Okay. But um, my mentorship program that I used to be a part of, I gave them copies of my young adult reads and they have enjoyed it. So mm -hmm. yeah, whenever I'm involved with like young girls mentoring or things like that, mm -hmm. I give them you know, copies of my books because, you know, I just want to bless their lives. Yeah. So do you have um, book clubs with the books that you have? Like, do you get, do you do book clubs often or do you just not really? I get invited out to book club meetings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how does that? My own book club. No. Okay. Gotcha. And, mm -hmm. and from the book clubs that you've attended or been invited to, what title or what, which one of your books seems to be the most popular one? Actually, it was my sophomore novel, The Desire of Her Heart, that has okay. been popular with book clubs. Mm -hmm. And what is that book about? Um, it's about, um, her name is Ashley. She is about to approach 30, and she receives a prophecy that before her 30th birthday, she's going to meet the man that she's destined to marry. So, of mm -hmm. course, the first man that she lays eyes on, she's like, oh, that's him. That's the man that God has promised me. Never mind the fact that he's already in a relationship. But because she thinks she's hearing from God, she pulls out all the stops to get this man. And while she's successful in doing that, she learns that this is what happens when you listen to your flesh because he's not all he's cracked up to be. So it's a lesson about what happens when you move ahead of God and not pray on a thing and getting confirmation first. Okay. And I almost bought that book. So I was torn on which book to read first. And I just decided to go with all that glitters. I'm not really sure why, but I, I decided to go with that book. But I knew that once I finished all that glitters, I wanted to read the, is it my, the desires of my The desire of, your, of her heart. The desire I'm glad that you went with all that glitters because for right now, it's one of my most slept on novels. The desire. Really? Yeah, the desire of her heart has kind of, you know, overshadowed that. But I'm like, I want to get all that glitters back into the forefront again, because to me, it's really slept on. 
you know, so. Mm -hmm. So why do you think that is? Um, I believe the fact that the characters are in college and maybe my older audience can, they found the, the, the desire of her heart more relatable, mm -hmm. because, you know, age group. But because they see that the characters are in college, they're like, okay, no, I don't think I can really relate, you know, to that. It's been years since I've been out of school. So let me go with this. I think it's like the age demographic. Okay, because I know that since I've been reading it, I actually, it makes me think back to when I was in college. I went to UT, but I grew up in Houston. So mm -hmm. I actually try to figure out some of the, like some of the places and the teens and the, and the, and the things that you write about. I try to, I try to figure out where they are. So like in all that glitters, you reference the Galleria and then, uh -huh. you know, one of the characters is from Dallas or a couple of characters from Dallas and they talk about the, the gallery in Dallas and how it's busy, you know, and, and all these different things. And so I try to put myself back in that space because I will be honest and tell you that when I was in college, every Friday night, I would go to like Walmart or Target or Barnes and Nobles and mm -hmm. I would buy a book every really? Friday night. And I would spend the weekend reading the book because I was obsessed with books. So I would like, like after I was done with class or something, I would get something to eat and then I would go to a bookstore and then I would find a, find a title on the shelf that I liked or find a story that I thought I was interested in. I would come back to my apartment and then I would sit in my room and just read. And I actually did that last Friday night. So when I got off of work yesterday, I did the same thing. I already had your book, but I came home, I ate, I took a shower and I got in the bed with the book and I read until <laughs> I fell asleep. And it brought me back to what I used to do in college because I did that all the time. And when I started reading the story, I, it kept me, it keeps me on the edge of my seat because I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to end or how, you know, what's going to happen with these characters, the things that they're working on and plotting and trying to plot to get. Mm -hmm. I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, if it's going to work the way that they think it's going to work, what's going to happen when so-and-so finds out about this and, you know, and, and finds out about that. So I'm always reading to find out more. And when I read all that glitters, I think about who I was in college too. And I think about the things that I thought I wanted or the places or, the, or where I thought I would be. Like I'm 38 now, so I thought mm -hmm. I would be in a completely different space, completely different place in my life. And so, right. when, I, and so when I read that book, I'm like, man, you know, I remember going to church every Sunday with my parents. You know, when I was in college, I wasn't going to church in Houston, but I would go to church in Austin because I went to UT. And so when I would come back home, I would come home and we had a family church, like a church that my, my immediate family went to. We all sat together. And then after church, we would go back home and take a nap and then go do whatever we needed to do. And then if I needed to go back to Austin, I would go back to Austin on a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so reading the book really brings back memories for me. So what I wanted to ask you as a writer, when you're writing these books, like actually, do you actually go back and read any of the books that you've written? Oh yeah, all the time. I you do. do all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when you reread them, is there anything that you wish you would have written differently or changed or would you have kept it exactly the same? 
I would keep it exactly how it is. Yeah, because I outline before I write anyway. So there's not anything that just, you know, catches me by surprise or, oh, I say, oh, I don't like that because I usually find any mistakes or anything during the read write process. So I would use it. But one thing I will say, um, all that glitters wouldn't have been as lengthy as it is. That's the only regret I have that it's so long. But people are like, it don't matter. It's good. You know, it's okay. It so I didn't notice the length and, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to ask you is, in any of the books that you've written, including All That Glitters, would you have changed any of the endings? And this is why I'm going to ask you this. Because I know that sometimes, like when I'm writing or reading or doing whatever or talking to other writers, sometimes they go with alternate endings. I'll give you an example. So I used to watch this show called The Affair on Showtime. And one of the characters was a writer. And he had this book and it just came, it just flew through him. And it was based off of his life and he changed the names, changed the situations and certain things, but it was, a, it was based off of what he was going through or what he went through in his life. And when he wrote that novel, he had two versions of an ending and he had to decide which version to go with. And there was an ending that he really wanted. And then there was an ending that his publisher wanted. So I know that sometimes when you're writing books and you're trying to not necessarily wrap them up, but give them the proper ending, I wanted to know is, if, is there any of the titles that you've written where you would have gone back and changed the ending or if you had an alternate ending and you just decided to go with one versus the other? Or did that just not yeah, endings. Yeah, a few endings I have had to rewrite. But like I said, I'm usually pleased with the finished product. So yeah, I don't use it. I put it in my deleted scenes um, pile. That's what I call it. I have a spreadsheet with deleted scenes. And I, you know, reference, reference it before I wrap up a book and see if there's anything I want to add. And if not, you know, it just goes off into oblivion in you know, deleted scenes pile. So yeah, I'm pretty much satisfied with all of my endings. Okay. And one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about, if you're open to it, is <laughs> Would you ever love to see one of your books turned into a movie? Because you have, well, all that glitters could be, I think, could be a movie. Even You're if the it second was, or third person that said that. You're about like the third. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just like a, um, you know, like a television movie, and that, that's not to downplay that by any means. No, Lifetime. I, yes. <laughs> yes, that's yes. my dream, to be featured on Lifetime. Yes. yes. And I wondered, because I know that some authors, you know, they write for various reasons and they have um, different things that they write about and choose to write about and or not write about. But is that something that you've ever thought about? I mean, I know that you just told me that, but when you were writing all that glitters and you published it and you were done with it, you finished it, did you ever look at it from that perspective after you wrote it? You know, I really wish, or maybe, you know, one day I can turn this book into a movie? During the writing process, no, because I've always just had an overactive imagination and uh -huh. people would see me reading all the time. They'd be like, you need to write a book. So honestly, I wrote all that glitters for fun. Yeah, it was just for an entertainment. Okay. And, and once, you know, it started taking off and I started writing more books, I started to explore more possibilities. And yes, a movie deal is definitely one of them, yes. Okay, okay, cool. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about is um, when the, the title that you have, the young adult title, how many books are in that series? Right you know, now, it's, it's, go ahead. 
Is, is it four that's in there? For right now, yes. I'm, I plan to finish it. Um, I stopped at a Christmas book. They, um, they went off for Christmas break. So I'm going to go to the end of their uh, sixth grade year, and then I'm going to end it. Yes. Okay. About four more books. So it'll be eight books in all in the series. Okay. The reason that I asked that is because when I was young, I used to, I used to read the Babysitter's Club books, and they had... <laughs> That was the inspiration. Yes, that's that what that's why I said. That series, yes. It's a lot of my childhood that inspired this series. The Sweet Valley. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet Valley Twins. That's when they were in middle school. Um, which, what else? The Babysitter's Clubs. And it was one called The Sleepover Friends. That's another slept on series that wasn't really popular, but I loved it. Where the, all the friends had sleepovers and stuff. It was uh, that kind of inspired it. I just did it from an African-American perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I uh, Netflix did a very good version of the Babysitters Club. I don't know. Yes, if you watched I it. watched it like I was a child again. Yes, I enjoyed. Yeah. It. I really did. Yeah. I loved the reboot. <laughs> it was it was it was great, and it brought me back to some of the um, to some of the stories that I could remember because I used I read that when I was really young. But I, my mom used to buy me the boxes because you know i think you could have bought them individually but you could have gotten like a box set that had like four was it four or five books in one set i'm at not the scholastic sure. book fair i love yes. book fairs at our school that's when i really um, mostly got them yes yeah, same <laughs> same yes so one of the other things i want to talk to you about because you just said that you um read a lot i i'm obviously i, I read a lot of books so mm -hmm. when you were reading actually when you were in the writing process of all that glitters or any of your other titles did you read books while you were writing them or did you just completely immerse yourself in the writing process because i, I will, I'll, I'll give you an example so like when i wrote my book or right before i wrote my book i read kevin hart's book and that's only because i had his book and i, I had it for a while before i before i actually read it and I had read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and I had read a couple of other books too. And I was just in this reading space. So I thought like if I read, it would help me with some of my writing. I don't know if that, I don't know if it really helped or not, but when I was in my process, that's what I did. So mm -hmm. I wanted to ask like when you were in your writing process, did you read as well or did you just hone in on the writing? No, I read in between. Like I'm an avid reader, has have been so since childhood. I I can't go for maybe like a day without reading something. Yeah. So I'm like, I love, I love to read and I read while I'm writing. A lot of people say, no, I don't do that because I don't want anyone saying that I'm influenced by their work or things. No, not, yeah, not me. I enjoy reading while I'm writing and working on my own work. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, same, because I, I did the same thing and I, I'm, people have asked me when I'm going to write my second book and I always say, well, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. And I don't, I don't really know what my second book is going to be, but I keep reading, trying to, I'm not going to say get inspired, but I read just to, just to um, get back to the habit of reading. Cause I used to read all the time. And then when I got busy working and doing, you know, other things, I cut my, I started neglecting my books and my reading and stuff like that. And I always try to get like the hardback or the, or a physical copy of the book. So right now, like I have your ebook, but I will go and buy the paperback version as well, because I have like several bookshelves where I live. So I like to see the books on the shelf because I'm kind of, 
weird like that but i like <laughs> to see all the titles and i like to go back sometimes i'll go back through the pages and i'll highlight stuff and i put sticky notes in different places that i think are really good or things that i want to remember and i know that sometimes as a writer like when I'm writing, I do the same thing. So if, I, if a thought comes to my head, I have this uh, like a digital notebook that I just type in really quickly so I don't lose a thought or if I have a pen and paper um, next to me, I do the same thing. So I know that, you know, you are an author. So obviously you're a writer. So what has your writing process been? And I know that you have several titles under your belt. We have 11. And I think I was at your, I was on your website, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you have something that you, that like a writer's workshop or some kind of program that you have for writers. Is that true or am I? Right, it's like a writing coach. And basically I edit and I'm trying to edit mostly nonfiction because I don't want to um, edit fiction since I write it and I don't want to be accused of stealing anyone's storylines or things like that. So I um, edit mostly nonfiction work. Okay. I do have a writing coach program. I can teach you how to, you know, self-publish a book, what the process is like, and, you know, walk and guide you through it. Okay, cool. So since you self-published and I self-published, what was the hardest part for you? Was it the actual publishing part? Was it the marketing part? Or what was it something different? And I'm just, I'm just curious because I knew what the hardest part for me was. Um, and that's just because it was so much information that I just didn't know. Like mm -hmm. I had never written a book before. So I didn't, I knew how to write, but I had never published any, I had never published a book. So I didn't know all the ins and outs and all the steps and all the stuff. And I wanted like various copies of my book, but like various editions. So like I, you know, had a hardback version, I have a paperback version, I have an ebook version. And I just thought I could get all those versions in the same place. And I probably could have, but I had to figure a lot of stuff out along the way. So I was just curious, you know, when you went through your self-publishing process, what did you find to be the hardest part? Because I know that some aspiring writers listen to this show. And I try mm -hmm. to talk to authors about if I, if we can get it, if we can uh, have that conversation, I try to talk to them about the actual process that they went through to actually become an author because some people want to do it, but don't know how. Okay. So That's what was the, mm -hmm. what was the hardest part for you? Not doing better research because I si um, signed up with a publishing company. You did? Yeah. It's called Book Baby. And I spent over a thousand dollars with them and they were charging me $400 for 25 copies. I lost a lot of money when I could have just published through Amazon for free. Yeah. Realized that at the time, I didn't do thorough enough research. So that's what I please, please do research before you sign up with any publishing company. And thankful my mom made the investment for me and I had to pay her back, but I didn't even have to go through all that had mm -hmm. I you know, done more adequate research. So yes, that's an experience of definitely a tough learning experience, but hey, you live and learn. I would never make that same mistake again. Wow. So when you went through that, um, did they do everything for you or did you just? They, yeah, they did the cover and everything. They pretty much did everything. But when I needed more copies of books for events, it would be like $400. And they're like, oh, we'll give you free shipping. Really? <laughs> Yeah, we'll give you free shipping. I'm like, it was ridiculous. And I'm like, you know, no. So when I started doing research, I only stayed with them a year. Uh -huh. And that's when they gave me back the rights to um, all that glitters. 
and I uh, republished it through Amazon, and that's what I've been doing from now on, Amazon KDP. Yeah. Okay. That's really good to know, because I didn't, I didn't even know that, because I, mm -hmm. I know that for me, when I went through my process, I actually didn't publish on Amazon first. Mm -hmm. And I did that on purpose because I wanted all my money up front. Right. I see. And, mm -hmm. and I just posted my books on my personal website. And I, Sharon, I'm going to tell you my process. And you don't laugh at me because you're, you're a veteran and I'm a newbie. <laughs> but let me tell you what I did. What I did was I created a website for my book. And I sold my book through my website. I had pre-order sales. So I, my book wasn't finished yet. And people were pre-ordering. That was great. But I would physically get the books in hand to me. So I would have the book shipped to me so I could physically see the book. I needed to make sure it, it published correctly. I needed to make sure there were no type. I, no, I needed to make sure there were no marks on the pages because I had a couple of issues with that. And then after I received the book, then I mailed it out to the person, like to the person that bought it. So this whole process could take two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I finally just decided that, you know what, I wanted to remove myself from the process and I published on Amazon and it wasn't hard to do. The not KDP at all. It's not hard at all. I published on Amazon. It's pretty straightforward, pretty easy. And now, you know, I'm free, I'm, I freed myself up to do other things. But I know that when I first um, announced my book, people were asking me if it was on Amazon and I said, no, because I really wanted my money up front. So for any aspiring writer that's listening and trying, correct me if I'm wrong, when you publish on Amazon or KDP, you know, as soon as a book sells, you don't always see that money. You like, you may no, see you it don't. like every quarter. Or right, something it's like every that. quarter, mm -hmm. every 90 days. Every 90 days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you go through your own website and you have a shopping cart on your website, then, you know, you can get that money as instantly as your website allows you to have mm -hmm. it. So it's a different process. And I think that sometimes when people are setting out to be writers or, or authors, they don't always know, you know, what the process is and how fast or how slow the money can actually mm -hmm. come in. Because I know that once upon a time when I thought about being an author, I always thought that if I wrote a book that I would make a lot of money <laughs> off the book. And the people don't always realize that you don't always make a lot of money no. by writing books, you know? So it's, you know, just the process itself was a little bit interesting, a little bit different. And I know that you have your, your writer's workshop or your writer's, the thing that you, you help with uh, writers. Is there anything else that you do for aspiring authors or, you know, veteran authors, any other services that you offer? No. That's about it for right now. But I, what you said about publishing on Amazon, here's what you can do. You can make your ebook available on Amazon and then just have the paperbacks on your website. So yeah. kind of like a split. I know of an author that does that. Yeah. yeah. Like you can split it that way. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people, Amazon is more convenient for them. And honestly, I make my best sales at live book events face-to-face -face when I'm yeah that's my best sales so yeah. what so since okay so now that we're in this pandemic I know yeah how how know. how are you are how are you doing are you doing any like virtual events or have you thought about that no I haven't done a lot of virtual events because like I said we weren't really expecting it 
Yeah. So, um, I had, I was going to the Christian Book Lovers Retreat next month, which was in October. And I didn't have a lot of events scheduled this year. And I'm glad I didn't because I would have had to cancel. But now this is giving me a lot to think about what happens when things don't go as planned. Mm -hmm. You reevaluate some things and know how to um, sell just as well virtually, you know, mm -hmm. online. So um, honestly, I haven't done what I should have been doing in this pandemic to kind of market and promote myself because everything took me by surprise. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, kind of like, okay, what do we do? How can I regroup? Oh, but I did write like a little short story called Quarantine Quarrel. I, okay. I about that. I was focusing on the Slumber Sisters, but I published that, I believe, in March. It's okay. only available on ebook because it's kind of like a short read. So, yeah. What is that about? The quarantine? Um, it's about um, they're in the midst of COVID-19 and a man gets kicked out his house and he moves in with his mistress. So <laughs> they're in house together, but they realize the relationship is not all it's cracked up to be because now they're together all the time and yeah. they realize they don't really have anything in common beyond the bedroom. Yeah. It's just like, be careful what you wish for, you know, yeah. get it, you, yeah. you find that it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Wow. How long did it take you to write that? Uh, 24 hours. Really? <laughs> Honestly, yes. I made the outline the day that I first got the idea. I outlined it. Then I sat down the next day to work on it. And then I sent it off to my um, beta readers to kind of give some feedback. It was published within a week on Amazon. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. With it. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason why I'm, the reason why I'm saying that is, is because I have been sitting here wondering and praying because I pray over any book or anything that, or anything that I, I'm involved in. I, I pray over it just to make sure it's in alignment with what God wants me to do. And I pray over it and I've been praying and praying and praying and I'm like praying for my second book to come to me and it hasn't come yet. So when you write or when you, you know, you get inspired, is it like, is it like a, I call it like a God download, you know, like mm -hmm. God just gives you either the vision or he gives you the words or he gives you the outline or he gives you something and you just take mm -hmm. it and run with it. Is that, because I know that for my first book, um, that part of that happened with me. I had a, I had an, and it wasn't really an outline. I just knew the the topics I wanted to talk about and I had to feel, and I filled, I filled in the rest, but God gave it to me like mm -hmm. instantly. And I would wake up with new things or I would go to bed with new things and I would just sit and I would just write it out and then I would clean it up. But it was an instant thing that God would just give to me. And then there was some stuff that I didn't want to talk about, but I was obedient and I did it. And I'm glad that I did that. So for you, does God give you like these downloads? I call them downloads, but does he, does he do that for you or is your process different? Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because most writers will tell you, you need to write every day. You need to write every day. No, if God is not speaking, mm -hmm. then I don't write because it's just not going to come. And you know, they, I call it, it's not really so much as writer's block per se, but I'm just, if God has my attention shifted elsewhere, it's something else that he wants me to be doing, then set the writing aside and concentrate on this assignment or role that I put you in. And then when I'm ready for you to start writing again, I'll bring it to you. So yeah, definitely God and spirit led. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that gives me, that gives me, that make that makes me feel good because when I tell you, Sean, I've been praying God what what do you want me to write next or what do you want me to not necessarily do next but what do you want me to write next because i felt like i had other books in me but mm -hmm. i didn't know 
the direction to take. And I, and actually my hairstylist had told me, she said, well, if, if you don't have it, you know, like in your heart to write, mm -hmm. then don't write that. Because yeah, don't force it. It's not going to flow anyway. So don't. Yeah. yeah. So that, that helps me a lot. Well, Sharon, it's been incredible talking to you. I'm so happy that I get to see you. So I, we're on a Zoom call and I know you guys are gonna hear the, the audio, but I can see her and she can see me. And I have, again, I cannot tell you how much I've fallen in love with all that glitters and I will promise you, you know, as soon as we end this um, interview, I'm gonna go back and start <laughs> back reading the book so I can finish <laughs> it. My goal, my goal is to finish it either by today or Sunday. So um, I'm reading it on my Kindle. So it's telling me, you know, that the amount of time it's supposed to take me to actually read. So it would be like 10 hours and so many minutes. And so <laughs> I've been, I've been like, okay, I'm, I'm speeding along. I'm getting through this story and it's good. It's really good. <laughs> I want to keep reading and I want to keep reading. So it's been amazing talking to you. I'm absolutely in love with uh, all that glitters. And I know that I will be purchasing more of your books because I love the way that you write. Your Thank writing you. style um, is, I think it's unique to you, but it's also something that uh, people can enjoy. And it's not, it's Christian fiction, which I love, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not religious right overly that, preachy that's what i heard yeah preachy. it's not overly preachy mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I, I love that about your writing so thank you so much for being with me before we go i want to ask you is there anything that you want to uh highlight or promote and i always ask our um guest how can we help you yes well right now since everything is virtual please go to my amazon page check out my books, download or purchase a physical um, copy. You can also check out my website, SharonElise.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. it okay. Support me virtually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I will definitely continue to support you virtually as I've already done. And I thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sitting with me this morning. I've had such a great time with you and I had a great conversation with you. And I wish I could talk to you more about the, the other books that you've written, but I knew that I, I could only get to the one that I read. Okay. So um, I will try to have you back so we can discuss another book because I want to do that with you too. Um, but, but I want to thank you so much for coming on with me and it's so great to see you. So I will, talk to, yeah, I will talk to you later and then we will definitely be in touch. Okay. Thank you so much. You're for welcome. Having You're thank welcome. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a great weekend. You too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe. Until next time, take care, everyone.